0: Opinions expressed on ACV Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, good evening or afternoon, everybody, whatever it is for you. I am Dr. Jesse Rail and I am really excited to be back with the calls. I apologize. Um, life got in the way with medical stuff and um, just, I don't know, a lot of work changes and, uh, you know, different things. But I am back and I'm really excited. So um, we are going to, well, I'll tell you a little bit about me because some of you may not know me. Um, I'm totally blind and I have two service dogs. Dory is a hearing alert dog and Cheddar is a guide dog from Pilot Dogs. And they, we all three work as a team together. Um, they're really, really cool to watch working together. I have been working in the mental health field since 1988. A long time. First as an advocate, and then um, with doing training with people um, with developmental disabilities. And then I worked as a crisis therapist, case manager, and then counselor since 1993 um, until the present. Well, I actually am working as a mental health consultant now for Harper's Ferry Job Corps. And during that time, I got my master's degree. I started out in 1988 with a bachelor's in psychology. And then I got my master's degree in counseling, and I got my doctoral degree in psychology. So it's been a long, well, how many ever years? <laughs> um, but but it's been very good. It's been rewarding. I've worked with all different populations, from children to adults to criminals, um, various crimes, Uh, substance abuse, chronic mental illness, some really severe mental illnesses, and uh, just a lot of um, anxiety and depression adjustment disorders, post traumatic stress. I work with law enforcement, VA. Uh, Right now, I'm like I said, working with students from ages 16 to 24. iPhone 113 has joined the meeting. Lynn Coral has joined the meeting. So then in addition, I work with um, people of multiple race, racial ethnicities, uh, religious ethnicities, you know, uh, lots of diversity and many people who are LGBTQ plus (laughs) population. So I work with a lot of diversity. In fact, I would say probably well, when I was in private practice, probably 95% of my population or my client caseload were people of diversity. Um, a job core, mm, probably 75% are people of diversity from me. Um, I'm Caucasian. So, <laughs> anyway, so that's a little bit about me. And I will not go into that every time we meet. Um, But that just gives people a little bit of an idea about who the heck Jesse Rail is, um, you know, doing these calls. Um, The reason I wanted to start doing these calls to begin with way back when we started a community, well, I I kept seeing all these community calls and I kept thinking, hmm, that would be kind of neat. What could I do? What could I do? And several of my colleagues said, you could do presentations. I was like, oh, I can't do presentations. And they were like, sure you could. Just find a topic and do presentations. Or ask the group what they want to learn about and do presentations. And I thought more and more about that. I thought, yeah, I could do presentations. But then I had to deal with something that has been a lifelong phobia of mine, and that was talking over a microphone. <laughs> so yeah, you know, my colleagues were like, "You talk over the microphone that's all the time, and you do fine, so you can talk over the microphone on Zoom, and you'll do all right. yeah, I tried it, and people attended, and nobody through cyber tomatoes or anything. So I guess we're doing okay. (laughs) I think it is extremely important to take care of ourselves. And, you know, we talk a lot about taking care of ourselves physically, and that's extremely important. But sometimes we forget that we need to take care of ourselves emotionally and mentally which is every bit as important as taking care of yourself physically because if you aren't healthy mentally, you're not going to be healthy physically. And if you're not healthy physically, you're not going to be healthy mentally. So even people who have, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't help that I have medical problems. No, probably not. But the healthier you are mentally, the better controlled your medical problems are going to be. Because when we're stressed, we have problems, a lot of problems with blood sugar fluctuations and high blood pressure, migraine headaches, digestive issues. And any of you who had that know that when you get stressed, it gets worse. So, that's one reason that it's really important to take care of yourself mentally, to improve your health, and the other, a couple other reasons is, you know, we're not going to be a happy and euphoric every day of our lives, but we would like to strive for a level of happiness and contentment, peace with our lives, and so if you can, if you can deal with things. Um, in a more calm manner and and take care of yourself mentally, you are going to have a more peaceful, happier life and, and just be able to enjoy your life for what it is without being stressed out or upset or, you know, angry because of what it isn't. We all have things that we want in our lives and, and we don't have. Um, so, yeah. Taking care of your mental health is very good for for your mental health. (laughs) Um, Many people have posed the question, is, is mental health higher for people who are blind than it is for people who are sighted? And I don't know that there's any real concrete evidence research on that. There are different studies with different results. The earlier studies were mostly conducted in rehabilitation centers, guide dog schools, you know, things like that. And, and it indicated that there was a lower prevalence of mental illness with people who are blind than compared to their sighted cohort. But I think when we consider that most of the time, When you go to a rehabilitation center or a guide dog school, you're feeling a little bit more positive and hopeful anyway. Yeah. You're there to learn new skills. You have a lot of opportunities for socialization. You are excited, I hope, about getting your guide dog, you know, different things. And so that may have skewed some of the results just a little bit because later, studies are indicating that it's it's pretty much consistent with what we see in the cited population. And I'll get into that in a minute. So, you know, I wouldn't get too involved in arguments about the prevalence because uh it's it's pretty consistent with what we see in the population, the cited population. I think many times we forget that there are a lot of sighted people who um, are, you know, have pretty much or some of the same issues. Not not pretty much some of the same issues that we do. So the some of the latest statistics are twenty one percent of adults in. 2020, this whole thing was done in 2020. 21% of adults have mental illness and 56 experience severe mental illness. That's pretty high. You know, that's you know, 21%. And out of that 21%, you know, 56 are severe. And when we talk about severe, we're talking about psychosis, people with bipolar disorder, um, people who find themselves in and out of the hospital frequently, uh, or who just need a lot of support. Um, about 32% experience mental health issues and substance abuse co-occurring. So that's pretty significant as well. And um, Connie Bateman has joined the meeting veterans experienced a mental health a, a severe mental health issue in 2019 and this is probably the most alarming the second leading cause of death for children ages 10 to 14 is suicide the first leading cause with unintentional injury 10 to 14 years old. <clears throat> that more women receive mental health treatment than do men, for, interestingly. But I suspect it's because women are still in our society, you know, quote, expected, unquote, to have mental illness or it's more acceptable than it is for men. Um, young adults, 18 to 25, have the highest rate of mental health and serious mental health uh, issues. And they definitely do. Now the good news about that is, if you have gotten past 25 years old, and now you're into your 30s, mental illnesses often start to go away or get better. Um, probably because people learn better coping techniques. Maybe they're in better living environments, better situations. Uh, they're probably not as influenced, you know, negatively things like that. So that's the good news. But the bottom line is, mental health incidents in 1920 are significantly high. I mean, just an average of you know, 21, 25 percent, whatever. Um, which means one in four people, whether you're sighted or blind or or whatever, have a mental illness. So instead of getting worried about who has it worse, who has it better, I think that what we can do and, and need to do is just realize that if you're sitting in a group or a room full of 16 people, Four of those people could have mental illness. It may be more, it may be less, depending on the situation. So, you know, don't go into your next workshop or whatever and, and say, hmm, he's mentally ill there. Yeah. but But just realize that it is pretty significant, and it's pretty significant for people. The other thing that happens with mental illness is you may have been diagnosed with a major depressive disorder six months ago. And in six years, you may not have that disorder or in three years or whatever. Yeah. So it can come and it can go. But for some people, it never does. It, It stays. And. If by the age of 40, 45, you still continue to have the problems with the mental illness, you're probably not going to get much better. In fact, as people age, then they not only have problems with the mental illness, but they also have problems with other brain uh, organicity. Um, If you have a brain injury or you have head trauma, Uh, That may make the the symptoms much worse. So that's why it's important to take care of your mental health, regardless of where you are. Because, again, the better you take care of yourself, the more aware you are, the the better it's going to be for you. Contributing factors to mental illness are genetics. People who have a family history of mental illness and/or substance abuse have are more likely to have mental illness. People with low socioeconomic, socioeconomic situations they're more likely to have problems with mental illness, and just because of the the stress and the poverty and the finances, and you know they often live in really bad neighborhoods. Some of my students, it's, it's nothing for them to see somebody get shot or even they've lost friends or family or parents through shootings. Um, it's nothing for them to hear the police bang on the doors. And in fact, we have to be very careful when we knock on a door, a job corps that, that it's just like a light knock or a tap. Because if anybody does a loud rapping, bang, bang, bang type noise, um, some of our students, many of our students will become traumatized because they think it's the police because they've heard it so many times before. And it usually doesn't end up well for them because, again, most of them are African-American, uh, Hispanic, Latino, you know. Um, and they have a high rate of arrest or at least being questioned, maybe harassed um, by the police. Other things that lead to it are bullying, bullying in school or being bullied at work. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. Discrimination. We all know what that is. <laughs> Isolation, loneliness, Um having your medical social or psychological needs unmet you know you need things from the social standpoint or you need medication you need food and and you, you can't get it or you need counseling and support and you don't get it so um then when we add in other factors like racial disparity um lgbtq plus you know those types of things people who are lgbtq plus and people who are african american and native american and all the other ethnic or races other than white have more discrimination they have more um usually lower socioeconomic issues. Um and and so you add all of that in and and it becomes pretty astounding that, you know, most of us aren't someone with a mental illness. Um, because we we deal with a lot, regardless of who we are. So um hopefully what we can be sensitive to is that everybody has you know, need for support and empathy and and understanding where they are coming from. So it's really important to take care of yourself. And one way you can do that is change your cognition, your your thoughts, to healthier thought processes. Um, We often talk about thinking distortions, and we'll talk about thinking distortions you know, in, in other workshop or other seminars, but thinking distortions are basically when we are thinking things that probably are not <clears throat> true or not accurate. Um, nobody likes me. Everybody's against me. Uh, you know, the world would be a better place without me. Things like that. All those negative, negative things that we sometimes think and 99.9% or more, they're not true, and they're not accurate. So, changing our, our cognition. Um, follow healthy thoughts with healthy actions. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I want to eat better, I'm, I want to sleep better, I want I want to learn more, I want to do this and that, and it stays right there. They don't do anything toward it. So, it's one thing to think all these healthy, positive, wonderful things. Yeah, Dory, you're pretty good. It's one thing to think all these positive, healthy things, but we've got to put some follow through to it. Yeah. Follow with action. Um, focus on your nutrition. The healthier you eat, and the less sugar, less carbs. Hmm the healthier your brain is going to be, and the healthier it's going to respond. Um, Exercise, that's excellent. It raises the feel-good chemistry, like dopamine and serotonin, which is going to help you feel better, more positive, less stressed. Uh, it lowers cortisol, which is a stress hormone, which is the really not good one. Um, and so exercise is good. It doesn't matter what kind of exercise. You know, some people are into major, huge cardiovascular stuff. And some people, they're doing really good if they do flexibility exercises every day. So don't get worried about oh, uh, what exercise now? And I don't like exercise anyway. But find something you enjoy and and do it. Um, sleep is extremely important. Most of us don't get adequate sleep or enough sleep. And we need to really get good quality of sleep every single day because sleep is just really important. When we sleep, a lot of things go on in our bodies. We we heal ourselves, we um heal our our minds, you know, so sleep is really important. Finding support. We all need to find support. And that's partly what these calls are about. And there's uh Vuku's amounts of a community calls that are also basically support. So find support. Yeah. People who say, I don't have enough support, that's really sad. So start looking for real support. Um, figure out how to get your needs met with problem solving. And, um, you know, research. If Figure out what, what you can do to get your needs met. And then mindfulness or relaxation, meditation, prayer, you know, all those types of things are extremely important. So, I am going to open the call for questions or discussion, if anybody has them, and we'll proceed from there.